0: Close the Loop, a podcast for marketing and sales decision makers, hosted by Kevin Deaney, who's joined by various guests and subject matter experts to discuss the steps you can take to grow your business and prove it along the way. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com to read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned
1: in the show. Hello, and welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Deeney. And today we're going to talk about how to get the most value out of your CRM. To help us dive into this topic, this fairly technical, pretty complex topic, we have two special guests with us today. We have Island Monastery and Lucas Monastery. They have co-founded Thea Marketing. They are a HubSpot Platinum partner agency, and they work hard to integrate client business processes into the CRM. They've lived in several states across the U.S. and Texas, Alaska, and now Colorado. They enjoy sharing their experiences with others, all about different CRMs. So welcome, guys. Hi. Thank you. I've also got my colleague here. His name is Tim Tran. He's, I guess, Tim, do you want to do a little intro for yourself?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm the internal consultant here at CallSource. I, I work directly with the teams and make sure that I help streamline all the operations and, and give advice where needed.
1: Cool. Tim's the ops guy here. And I thought he'd be a great person to kick around some of the discussions around this topic. So that's why I asked him if he'd join us. First of all, we're going to be talking about how businesses get value out of the CRM. First off, um, maybe Lucas, could you define for us what the heck we're talking about when we say a CRM? For those that are like, what is that again?
0: Yeah, so CRM, everybody uses a CRM without even realizing it. And basically what a CRM is, is it's a contact or customer relationship management tool. If you use Outlook for your email or Gmail for your email, that fundamentally is a CRM at its simplest level. You're keeping your contacts information, their email address, and how to get a hold of them. But that level of CRM is very inactionable for a company. It's good for communication, but it doesn't let you grow that relationship or nurture that relationship because you only know very little data about that person. If you've used something like Outlook, you can see, you can go into the more properties and you can see it lets you track a little bit more detail, but it still has its end. When you get into a true CRM, something to manage your customer life cycle and know how to cut, how customers are interacting with your brand, That's something like a HubSpot or a Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics. And those allow you to understand every little detail about your customers, from which websites they're viewing to which products are they buying? Are they interested in down to, are they paying their bills on time? And depending upon the CRM that you pick, you get different levels of reporting and insights into your customers. Now, you will find as you drive down this road, and we'll just leave a word here to have you scratch your heads. When you get into a CRM that tracks every everything, you are using what's called an ERP. And that's actually an enterprise reporting platform. And that's used to manage your entire business. So there is a cutoff of from one system to another. And Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics or NetSuite with uh, Oracle will cross those lines tools like hubspot or active campaign they don't cross that boundary they still stay in that crm component and it's more about managing that customer through that marketing and sales portion of the life cycle gotcha yeah i think it's important that
1: to me at least the crm sort of came out of a rolodex I mean, it, it sort of evolved from there. So uh, that brings me to a question for you, Islan. So uh, CRMs have probably evolved a lot over time. So how are they evolving and what are they doing to to help businesses you know, today as they continue to, to become maybe, like Lucas mentioned, an all-in-one? Or maybe are they getting a little more niche into specific functions they're providing? You, can you shed some light on that?
3: Sure. So there's... I would say there's like different CRMs. Like there's, I would say there's industry specific CRMs, right? Like certain healthcare, like doctor's offices, that type of industry. There's pipe drive. If you're running like a sales heavy organization and you have under a certain number of reps that that can help too. But really, I I would say like a CRM, a good CRM will help you track the customer journey from like marketing from when a lead, you know, fills out a form on your website. There's a process called lead scoring, which you can implement. And at some point when a lead has viewed enough content or they have seen enough websites or they've had enough calls into your system, uh, then, or they've, you know, had enough email opens, then they become a sales qualified lead. So they they move from a lead to a marketing qualified lead to after enough activity, interacting with your brand, uh, they become a sales qualified lead. And then to so go from marketing to sales, and then depending on your products, right, you can also have a service in there as well. And so you're tracking you know, support tickets and onboarding process with your CRM as well.
1: Yeah, so wow. So CRMs today are delivering a lot more value than like a typical Rolodex. So we have run into CRMs quite a bit. Uh, and with our company. And some of them are much more industry specific than others. Like you mentioned, the healthcare ones. We run into a lot of home service industry, CRMs. And CRMs built for some Some of them are like, look, we do the basics. You can bolt on a lot of features, a lot of cool things. So uh Tim, in your experience in, in our ops side, where it's either internal or working with clients, have you run into a lot of CRMs out there? And And what does that sort of seem like is it just like an ocean of CRMs?
2: What is it like out there? Yeah, everyone has like a, their go-to CRM. They have to have it integrated or it doesn't work or we won't work with you guys. We used to work with a lot of auto dealerships. So a lot of it was like, hey, this CRM needs to work in our dealership. This is what we know. This is what it feeds into. So I, I understand there's, there's a lot of CRMs and a lot of people are, are glued or business are glued in, and tied into those, those CRMs. It's like they're a partner in their business. So that brings me a great question up for you,
1: Lucas. (laughs) So there's requirements for a CRM, right? I guess a CRM might just be like, look, we'll sell it to anybody. But I, I think the way that we've adopted CRMs, the way that I've seen other companies do it is like, there's kind of requirements. You don't just want to just like buy any little thing that's out there. You want to make sure if you're going to buy something, you're going to be able to have either the people to manage it. You're going to take use of it. So there's, to me, there's some requirements out there. So what would you say like some requirements might be for businesses who are
0: considering a CRM? Honestly, the requirement list is infinite. It doesn't have a bottom. And the reason why I say that is you have your Outlook inbox, which is the most simple CRM on the planet, to the CRMs that get to the borderline of an ERP and tracking everything. The biggest requirement for a CRM, though, across the board, is will you use it? It, I cannot tell you the number of clients who have purchased Zoho, Pipedrive, SalesLoft, Copper, and like four or five other CRM platforms. And they're using each one for a tiny little bit of function. And like you brought up a minute ago, you can bolt on a ton of stuff. But does it really work? Uh, HubSpot's got a great phrase called FrankenSpot. And it's this concept of, yes, we have the central data repository, but we're going to add all these other resources around the edges of it to make it actually function how we want. But you've only settled for something that works well enough. It doesn't actually work how you want. And that's led rise to a whole new category of programs called data aggregation platforms. And all they do is bring databases together and send data out. But you're, you get into this world of tech debt. And I know I'm running in circles around your question, but the the point being is if you don't know what you want to track and you don't know what your business's KPIs are or what matters to you to, to your growth, it doesn't matter what the CRM is or what it does. If you can't track what matters and you don't, or even better yet, in some cases, you don't know what matters to your business. It's not going to matter what you pick. Right.
1: And and I can see what you mean by it being an endless well there, because what the business really needs varies business to business sometimes. and they may need more resources or different processes to make use of a CRM than another business might, right? Like the, the purposes behind it though, the core functionality of it is organizing for a business so that when things are more organized, you can better take action on them. And then when you do decide to take action, which is the thing you mentioned earlier, Lucas was a a really good CRM these days bordering on an ERP is going to help you take action on the things that you've organized. So, Is and you mentioned some of the ways, like some of the things, the tools, the features that are in the CRMs or in the ERPs today that are helping people. But what are some, I guess, general things, right? Because there's so many CRMs. What are some general things that are helping businesses take action by using a CRM, right? So, like, what tools or what features are companies using today that come from the CRM that help them take action on the information they have? So, I would say,
3: at the beginning you need to understand what your business KPIs are so for example you have revenue okay what drives that revenue okay so you say you need to have 10 leads a month in the top of the funnel to drive to two closed deals at the end of the month so that you know about how long your sales cycle is you know how what's your revenue machine look like from a sales side you'd want to have deal tracking right you'd want to be able to understand what your deal pipeline looks like for a, you know a lot of bigger companies you'd want to be able to forecast probability to close on your deals once something is closed to one you also have a process to take that to customer success so it it's it's not like your sales processes is done once you kick it over the fence. Like there's, there's an entire business process in the background that's working, and then understanding that business process is key. So that's why I was saying you need to have, if you can get, say, part of the inbound methodology, if you're not doing any outbound, far, like hunting at all, say so you need to have 10 leads coming from your website every month. And so that's marketing's like uh, KPI towards driving revenue. And so those marketing source leads need to come down to sales, and sales work works their process and then so marketing needs to work their process, whether that's like social media content, email, whatever those uh, webinars, podcasts, you know whatever those channels may be to drive that traffic to create the leads that's what I mean that's part of what we do is like the customer journey mapping. Right? How does someone on the street who doesn't know you turn into a customer, turn into an evangelist for your brand?
2: Oh,
1: that's really cool. So there's a lot of features bringing value to a business, I guess, if they if it fits their business model and if they take use on it. So that kind of leads me immediately to think like, okay, well, who, who should be responsible in the business for making sure that the CRM is going to get used? Have you experienced? So Lucas, I mean... Who is usually are in charge of that? Is it the owner, the CEO, or is it like a dedicated person that, that works best for that?
0: It depends upon the size of the organization. So larger organizations that can have a team that that's their their job is to pay attention to what's going on inside the CRM. Those are the people that ideally are managing it. If you have a data manager or a a CRM admin or somebody. And typically people in like Salesforce environments, they will have a Salesforce admin. They're going to be responsible for the day-to-day functioning of the system, making sure it's working and healthy. But then the individual managers or team leaders for departments for marketing or sales are going to be responsible for making sure people are actually utilizing that system. Because if you don't force people to do it, they're not going to do it. I mean, it's, if you don't tell someone they have to do it or their job's important, based measured on that, they're going to take the path of least resistance. And it takes a little bit of time to get people on board into that mindset that this is the best way to do that.
3: Well, I guess, I mean, at, at some larger companies, right, there, there is a revenue operations function, right? And they... They kind of corral the troops across like sales and marketing operations. And there's like a new emerging field called customer success operations. And RevOps basically make sure that everything is being reported, system is being used, any big fires or small fires are being put out in the systems that are, that are being used.
1: That's really cool. I, I... We have a CRM admin here. If he was here, he'd probably <laughs> be representing here on the call. But I also look at um, a CRM, not like as the, obviously, as we've been talking about, not as the final destination. To me, a lot of businesses are going to go, man, if we knew this, we could probably make more money. Oh well, man, we would like to sell. But then after we sell, we'd like to help with customer support or something. They think of how they want their business to run and behave. And to me, my mind immediately goes, okay, well, with a CRM, <laughs> you could do that easier with the capabilities that are tools that mimic or that are similar to a CRM. And usually there's like a point where a business is like, well, maybe I can get away with, you know, using like Lucas mentioned, like maybe I can get away with using Excel spreadsheets, written Notepads. So I'll go back to you, Lucas. Where is the point where a business has to go from notepads, Excel sheets, Outlooks, Gmails to okay, I'm going to get on board and get a full fledged CRM? Is there like a a point? Because we've run into businesses, I've been shocked how big they were to find out they had never had a CRM. So I think that there might be some line they cross where they're like, okay, I think it's
0: time. <laughs> it's when you want to start understanding what's driving growth. I, I mean, that's the biggest metric right there. I, we've worked with clients that have grown to a $15 million a year business in Excel workbooks and people's brains. Like there is nothing documented, but someone goes on vacation and everything breaks. So there, there's a scope of like, yes and no. I think it really comes down to picking a CRM from day one. And You can pick HubSpot as a CRM because they offer a free version out of the box. There's a lot of other like low cost, low effort CRMs to get you started with. Because as long as you're just focusing on the CRM component, not the marketing automation, not the sales automation or the, the pipeline or deal management, and all of these other things that come as an ancillary function of having a CRM, a lot of that core data structure these companies provide for very low cost and i don't see a reason for people not to do it however there are still people who will fight you tooth and nail because of some reason and on that point what when you guys
2: are working with clients what's the best way to get their team adopted into a crm what like which ways have you guys seen that that, that's most effective
0: so we do a lot of hands-on training with our clients a lot of time and effort spent teaching them how to use the tools and working through those friction barriers of i can't or i don't want to and when it comes to the individual contributor the person doing the work if their boss says you will do this it's much easier if their boss says hey the CEO paid for this, but we're not really going to do this. They'll never use it. It just, it'll never happen. And so it comes down to that encouragement to do it. You will find the occasional like person who's like the individual contributor who's like, I need this. I want this. And typically it's because they've come from an organization that's used it in their past. And they've seen the value it adds.
1: Another aspect of a CRM to me is also the internal side, like helping with collaboration, for instance. So Islan, do you think you could comment on how a CRM might help a company increase collaboration within itself, like within internal departments, sales with marketing, support with marketing, support with sales, just anyone be able to collaborate easier with each other because they have a CRM?
3: The great thing is that like, for example, HubSpot does email tracking and a bunch of other CRMs do that too. And that way that email is not living just in Outlook. And if you go down for a week or something, then that email is like unresponded to or like I would say SOL. But then if that email is living in the CRM, then another team member can take action on it. It's like, oh, we, we need to respond or we need to do something I would say the marketing the sales handoff if you have some sort of marketing automation going on behind the scenes like it becomes a lot smoother
0: yeah I mean I can add a little more color to that within like a lot of the organizations we help configure they'll track a person through that marketing funnel from a, a lead all the way to an SQL or a sales qualified lead and when they hit that phase they're automatically created as an opportunity for a salesperson to reach out to. So provided both teams have aligned on what's a qualified person, it helps the sales team know who to reach out to. And then when the deal closes, it automatically creates a ticket to either do the fulfillment or the project onboarding or fulfill whatever they purchased so that there's a seamless handoff from each phase and everybody knows what's going on. And depending upon where you create those tickets or tasks it helps people have line of sight to what their potential pipeline of work will be
3: yeah all that historical information is stored within the CRM so you can see all the emails that marketing and sales has had once customer success takes over so provided someone actually reviews the data then then you'll feel more prepared going into that that client engagement
1: yeah so I guess coming off that, then my a question for I guess back to you is Len here would be like how long should a company or how long do com- some companies take before they see some value out of the CRM? I think some of the requirements that we mentioned we want to use the CRM, and when you start using it, is that does that enable any value like day one, or is it more likely that they'll see value at some you know time down the road? So I think
3: HubSpot and a few other customer success like communities have said, there's something like a day zero where that's the first day you start seeing value from the product. And that could be three to six months down the line. If you're onboarded within like a month or two, then you can start seeing uh, value right away from the tool during the onboarding meetings. But the the real value comes from actually using the tool, right? And then taking actionable insights from the reports and dashboards from it.
1: Yeah, that's that's why. So maybe instead of commenting on it, I may ask you about it. So Lucas, let's say a company's like we're gonna get a CRM. What things could they do beforehand or ahead of time? Or let's say they have a CRM, what things can they do to make it so that when they get a CRM, that they are ready, prepared to get more value out of it?
0: How do I put this politely? Knowing you have a problem is half the battle. The second half of this battle is understanding how do you want to solve it. So the number of people that buy a CRM that aren't ready for a CRM And that kind of contradicts what I said a minute ago around like everybody needs one. But if you don't have a process, if you don't have a way of, if it lives in your brain, the hardest thing for you to do is get it out of your brain and into a process or a system. And so the first step is figuring out how are you going to put this into a process or a system. How are you going to make this something that you can action on? Because otherwise, you'll be paying for a CRM and you're not going to have any idea how you want to structure it. And if you, yeah, you've got to have that plan. I mean, we spend a lot of time with clients who buy a CRM. We start their onboarding and it's like, we want to build out your sales pipeline. What does that look like? How do you manage your sales process? I call people and I sell to them. And you're like, okay, well, what if they say yes? What do you do next? What if they say no? Like they they genuinely have no idea. And so getting that on the right, that right level is hugely important. Your process, there there needs to be a process, whether it lives in your head
3: or in Lucidchart or Visio, or something. You need to have some sort of step-by-step, one, two, three, four. This is what I do in my sales process, or this is how I'm getting marketing leads, or this is what my onboarding process looks like. This is what my support process looks like. We've helped companies build out these process diagrams for for their companies, right? But that way it's documented and all the troops can't know which direction to head in when it's no longer living in someone's
1: brain. Okay, so it brings me two questions into my head after what you've just said. So I'll throw it right back to you, Lucas. A small company who may not have, let's say, the most complex processes, but they do have maybe, you know, something. So is a
0: CRM for them? Yeah, I mean, put it this way. When we started five years ago, the first piece of software we bought was Active Campaign, And that was our CRM that we were going to use to manage contacts. We bought that before we bought Microsoft for documents or Google for email or anything. The very first thing was, how are we going to track these people that we want to work with? And so having that day one, we didn't know exactly what we were going to put in it and how we were going to structure it. But we bought something, and we got started. And when we left Active Campaign and went to HubSpot, we nuked the entire database. It was in such a bad shape that it really wasn't a structure that was maintainable. But because we had tried and been working in that, that system, that environment, the move to HubSpot was very easy. We knew what we were doing wrong. We knew what we wanted to do differently the next time. Where, when you're doing it from firing from the hip, the best way to put it, and it's all in your head, it's very hard to get that out. And so sometimes a blank piece of paper, pardon me, a blank piece of paper is easier to start from than a book that you have to rewrite. And so, their CRMs are great early on, they help you structure and think. And when you get to this, like, Midpoint where you're stuck, it's very hard to change how you think and transition. You need to do it you just it's a lot of work and so knowing having an understanding of how you want to manage that is the hardest part and then you're you're working, you're busy, you're doing things, so asking a boss or that owner, seller, like fulfiller role person to take five minutes and step back and say, how do I sell more? How do I bring on salespeople? That's one thing having a CRM helps tremendously is you can bring on an account manager and she can, or he can go look at that contact's record and see the email, see the deals, see where they're having problems with tickets and get up to speed in a matter of days minutes versus weeks of who do i manage how do i manage what what next and so it, it's this chicken and egg thing it really is a challenge
1: that's a great answer there detailing all that out the hard thing about it is like it's we're talking about a tool right and with a tool like a hammer it, it has Maybe it has the standard purpose of driving nails, but it, it can be used in a lot of different ways for a lot of different things. So when we're talking like, how does a how does a hammer do what it's supposed to do for people? It's like, well, it does its basic functional capability, but it's also like about the person who's swinging it. It's also about like what they're going to do, what they need it to do. Or, you know, maybe there's different hammers for different types of purposes, different things that they they have. So the answer is tough to be more specific on. Right. But it's also like we could, but we'd be here for a very long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I guess the best way to put it with a CRM is using your hammer analogy. Every tool is a hammer, but not every hammer is a tool. I mean, if you, you get into that, like that's really. When you see people using Excel as a CRM, I mean, that is. Definitely a very non-traditional way of using it. And actually pop on my soapbox here for thirty seconds. Uh, you now have this like onslaught of project management tools, Clickup, Monday, Asana, selling themselves as CRMs. and that creates a whole new world of challenges when people go to try to leave a project management tool. That they've been using as a CRM. It they want to do things that you that a CRM is not designed, not not meant to do inside their CRM. But then they're stuck in this mindset of a project. Everything's a project management process.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, this brings up another question for me. So Islin, see C- dirty CRMs. CRM's filled with, uh, for the lack of a better word, crap data. Right, that's a big problem. So that might keep a company from even using the CRM they have today. You mentioned Lucas that you guys went to HubSpot and then okay, we know what we want to do. We're going to clean this up as we you know transition. So how big of a problem is bad data, incomplete inputted information? How much of a problem is that for a CRM?
3: I I would say I would let Lucas handle that question because he has a lot of direct client experience with dirty, dirty data. He cleans it, but I I would let him, I'll let him dive deeper into dirty data.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Garbage data is garbage. Always will be. It's more of a behavior you don't know what to track until you start trying to track things and you start trying to analyze what works and what doesn't. And so just jumping in and starting something is better than doing nothing. I mean, to everybody listening right now, would you rather your employees sit there and twiddle their thumbs and say, I don't know where to start or them to start and make a whole bunch of mistakes, but at the end of it, know what to do. That's a good question. So, okay, so Tim, in the
1: world of trying to figure out, let's say a CRM. So, if if you were to try to go figure a CRM out right now, go pick one and go, I don't know, go navigate them. What are some of your biggest fears about picking one? Huh.
2: That's a good question. I my biggest fear of picking the wrong one would be. I, like back to everyone's point, like I, I need to know what I'm tracking. I need to know what I, my, my people are doing. I guess I would want a CRM that's versatile, and that, just, that doesn't just track sales, but tracks sales and operations because that's the world that we live in right now, right? So I would like to know what my salespeople are doing. I guess marketing too, Kevin. Make sure that, <laughs> that marketing is doing their job to get, to get uh, people in the door. Salespeople are closing deals. And if they're not closing deals, what are they why are they failing? And when it goes to operations, how are they handholding the clients? Where are they walking them through? And then even at the end of the life cycle of a customer, like, why are they canceling? Why did they leave us? Um, I think all that data is important and powerful for business, right? So, like, how do we keep them longer? Where, where are our pitfalls? And then break it down by each department to streamline the operation. Uh, and Lucas brought it up, and I'm very curious what the difference between an ERP and a CRM is, right? So this is a question for Lucas. Can a CRM turn into an ERP or do you have to look for an ERP? And when when is that jumping
0: point? If that is not the world's most loaded question. I, well, don't fail. It's not hard. <laughs> um, yeah. So you have tools out there like NetSuite, Microsoft Dynamics, that are just natively ERPs or Sage. Then you have tools like Salesforce that is a CRM and through a bunch of bolt on modules can become an ERP. Where tools like Active Campaign or HubSpot, I think and this is my greeting tea leaves. I believe HubSpot's trying to move to the ERP space where Active Campaign is firmly staying out of that. Like I just don't see them making that jump. And the difference between the systems, the environments, is an ERP helps you manage overhead, cost, business structure, hiring and firing employees, time off, payroll, invoicing, so AP, AR, all of those things. And a lot of companies can manage that with QuickBooks or Zero, and it works just fine. In our case, we we're on an ERP to manage our billing because we have lots of contracts with federal entities or state entities, and there are, each one of them has their own negotiated rates. And so with that ERP, I'm able to build a rate table for each client. And so anybody that needs to build a quote has that client's negotiated rates inside the database. Where something like HubSpot, it's a fixed cost. I would have to build thousands of line items to manage people building that CPQ quote inside HubSpot it's just it's not it doesn't have a client level way of managing that neither does Salesforce in a a very solid way it it does do it but it's it gets convoluted as well and really that threshold for like deciding do i need a CRM or an ERP comes down to how complicated is your accounting and your billing and how much are your prices dictated by overhead? I mean, if I were to ask anybody on this podcast, how do you calculate your overhead? Are you taking an employee's salary and multiplying it by the like industry rule of thumb of three to four times to figure out your billable rate? Or are you actually saying, Hey, this employee needs X software licenses. I have this number off the top of my head because we just redid it for our 22 forecasting. A individual contributor inside our company has over $40,000 a year in licensing costs between computers, power, internet, insurance, all those things that it takes to support them. So even if I hire John at $20 an hour, so he's a $40,000 an hour employee, he actually costs my business another $40,000 so if I triple his rate, a third goes to him, a third goes to overhead, and that leaves a third for margin and like the unexpected. That's pretty lean to run your business. But if you hire Mike or Susie at $200,000 a year, now you've got a lot of padding. So it's how do you manage? Got it. As far as you've been,
1: you guys have both have a lot of experience with CRM applications with businesses. So, do you have any stories, anything you'd want to share? We can start with you, Island, how a client got value out of some way they've used the CRM.
3: Sure. We have case studies. We onboarded like a sales training franchise which you probably have heard of onto HubSpot and they saw like a 60 to 70% increase in their business over a year, right? or they saw a 44% increase in the number of activities they were doing. They were finally tracking the number of calls, the number of emails, the number of tasks they were doing within the CRM. You can see those productivity increases really, really quickly. On the marketing side, right, just applying a little bit to the flywheel, right, just sending out a couple email campaigns and running ads, we helped a uh, engineering school completely fill their enrollment just by doing some marketing motion running an email campaign and i think a facebook and instagram campaign there we've also helped organizations with i would say really onerous sales processes we basically mapped out their entire sales process and put it in to the CRM and had automation in the background that was updating contact properties and other deal properties to move them along a deal pipeline.
1: Very cool. Uh, that's awesome. We, we work with clients of ourselves that when we put their calls into the CRM or when we give we show them the information behind their calls, it's like, oh, wow. Like we had ideas in our head about this, but now that we see this, it's like, oh, totally different way of thinking now that we have data, now we have information. It like just creates questions for them that they didn't have, they never had before. So that's really cool. And Lucas, did you have anything?
0: No, I mean, Island kind of summed it up. I mean, there's, I can't think of a single client that we've worked with. That's actually utilized the CRM that it hasn't benefited them. And thinking back to that statement a little bit ago of how quickly do people see value? it's there's day one value and then there's also like day 90 and day 180 and day at the end of the year you're there constantly gaining more from it as long as they're using it
1: yeah some of the things that we've mentioned that have have been really important are set out to utilize this crm like pretty much like a very bold point we would make on that one. <laughs> and how you use it needs to come from how your business does what it does. What processes do you have? Do you have that, you know, theoried out, processed out, drawn out? We we love this tool called Lucidchart that, you know, we plot. Same way you mentioned, Island. we, you know, build out the process so you can see it. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, everyone's in agreement. This is what it looks like. Yeah, this is how it's functioning. Then, then it becomes much easier to find places where you can get value out of a CRM, I think. Another one we mentioned is what CRM's, the purpose of it is for businesses we mentioned the hammer example, it's a tool, right? And it's as good of a tool as you can use it for, but there's a lot of use cases for it. A lot of different ways to find value, a lot of cool ways that a business can utilize information they're receiving, that they can take action on it, either with marketing campaigns, like Islan mentioned, or... Just improving collaboration, improving the way the business accounts for what it's trying to do, like different modules or things like Lucas mentioned. The last thing is, I like to look at a CRM as an investment. I don't think it's just a cost, like an operational cost. I think it's definitely something that generates revenue and generates value, can generate profit. And if you have fears, like Tim mentioned, I'm afraid if I pick the wrong one. You know, I think there's a there's probably a plethora of information out there, but it does get difficult because like Lucas, you mentioned like every tool is making it look like they're a CRM these days. So uh there's help out there, there's support, there's lots of resources. Maybe look at other companies like yours to see what they're doing, how they're applying and using CRMs, talk to agencies, talk to consultants. There's a lot of help out there if you you know, want to take some time to figure it out. So with that, Lucas, Islin, is there any way that anyone can find you, learn more about what you guys do, connect with you if they want to have, ask questions of you guys? So Lucas, start with you first.
0: Yeah. I mean, so you can always go to our website at marketingcom and that's spelled T-H-E-I-A. We're also on social media. And if you go to our website, it's all down there. And just, Fill out the form if you guys need help. If you want some advice or guidance, we do help people figure out what is the right CRM. How do we pick the right thing to get going? Because this is a space where you're going to fail without help. And not that I would need to sell my services or anybody else's. And if you have that tolerance for failure and learning a few times, get started, do it. But if you don't have that tolerance, if you need to get going, reach out to somebody to get you in the start right direction. Yep. And I would say
3: you can connect with me on LinkedIn or you can give us a call to our business phone number. It's 720-642-7370. We do pick up calls and if you leave a message, we will call you back. So (laughs) we're kind of old fashioned too.
1: That's great. Yeah. And uh, Tim, any way if anyone can reach out to you, talk to you or ask you anything yeah
2: sure they can reach me directly at 818-596-6952 uh you leave a message i'll call you back and uh, you can also text that number that is text enabled so that you guys text me I'll, I'll text back
1: awesome well thank you lucas and Nisland. thank you guys so much for coming on being our special guest uh, today for the, the episode and and how businesses can get more value out of a crm i really appreciate you coming on
0: yeah thanks for having us thanks kevin
2: thank you guys